When yeah. I was a young man in high school watching you play <laughs> at Alabama. Just because I, I look older than you doesn't mean I am older than you. You're a dinosaur. <laughs> I mean, dude, when I was in high school, I was like, man, I want to be like Greg McElroy. Always College Football with Greg McElroy is presented by AT&T 5G. Too much college football is never too much with AT&T 5G. Hello and welcome in. It is National Championship Day, ladies and gentlemen. It's a holiday of sorts for us here at Always College Football. The whole crew is out here in Southern California. We've had some fun. We've mixed business and pleasure, and we've made the most of our opportunities interacting with incredible guests. And we're going to do so again today. we got Jordan Rogers and Joey Galloway coming up. Talk about the game. Jordan, of course, being the voice of the SEC Network Prime team, he's going to hit on the Georgia angle, and we're going to have Joey Galloway hit on the TCU angle. He's been watching these wide receivers and this offense very fondly all season long from the comfortable studio up in Bristol, Connecticut. So we have a great show in store for you today, and we're going to get you prepared. You're going to feel good when you finish watching or listening to this for the game. You're going to be prepared, I can assure you of that. So without much further ado, let's talk about it. It's presented by AT&T 5G. All right, here with Jordan Rogers. He does an amazing job calling games from the booth, all sorts of networks, all sorts of responsibilities, plus the prettiest guy in showbiz. So oh, appreciate it. outside of Jesse. Uh, <laughs> True. But other than that, you know, being seconds, nothing wrong yeah, with silver. Yeah. It's all good. It's okay. It's not bad. Uh, all right, dude, massive game, obviously. You have been following Georgia and have called Georgia all year. Y'all called the game against Missouri. Yeah. So explain to me what the heck happened in that game that led to it becoming – chaotic at the end well I think it was Missouri jumped out early right so they forced Georgia to be in some passing situations and then they created one-on-one matchups on the outside and Georgia just didn't handle them right the pressure I think got to Georgia some blitz packages but it was just McGuire and what's the other guy's name I forget his name but both of them on the edge yeah Jeff Coat for Missouri just won their one-on-ones but I think it's going to be interesting about this game is Ohio State did force Georgia to get into that situation where there was adversity for the first time in a long time for Georgia against yeah. a good team, right? Missouri, you kind of always knew. Like, Missouri doesn't have the guns to put up 40 points, right? So they jumped out. It was just like, can they hang on? Right. Against Ohio State, it was like, they jumped out. It's like, they, it could get ugly, no right, if they, if they don't start stopping them. So, again, Stetson Bennett's ability late in games to make those big plays, right? The defense come up with one or two stops when they needed to. That was the difference. So adversity was interesting early for Georgia. I think they're more built for it now with the weapons that are now healthy. Back then they weren't. Right. Um, that's the biggest difference to me. So when you, but one thing that I noticed in that game, it felt like the line of scrimmage was a bit of an issue. No and, and you referenced the, you know, the D-line and stuff. And that D-line gave a lot of people fits, by the way. Um, TCU, not quite that way, but right. their linebackers are very athletic. Like if you were DCU or TCU and you were trying to devise a plan to try to slow down Georgia's offense and try to create negative plays, what would you do? I think I would be very creative post-snap, right? I mean, and you have to be. When you go against Stetson, he's so good at seeing everything. And the 3-3-5 structure is a little different, but it's not, it's not like, oh, my gosh, it's, Stetson's never seen this. Right. It does create some issues when you can dis- how you can disguise things as a defense. So if I'm this defense for TCU, I want to move a ton post-snap. I want to show basic structure as much as I can pre-snap, allow Stetson to feel good about what he sees, and then change it as much as you can after the snap. Now, <laughs> that comes with its own risks, right? You start moving a ton, Stetson does see it, he's going to pick you apart. Right. But I think you have to try to disguise and change the picture as much as you can post-snap because really – Look, this is a game where we know TCU can score some points. Yeah. But if they don't do what they did against Michigan and, and force turnovers, create explosives on the defensive side, 
I don't think there's that much of a chance if that doesn't happen. If, so, but if TCU to- forced a couple turnovers, like that's where it gets interesting. That's what I'm saying. So if you can change the picture to too, I mean, you can change the picture, create pressure. I mean, we saw. I was interesting watching back the Ohio State game. They took Brock Bowers out of the game completely, and early on, Munkin tried to get some things to him in the red zone. Tried to do a little double move wheel route. That was one where Stetson got sacked, forced a field goal. The interception was a play where they tried to down block with Bowers, leak him out on the opposite side late. There was pressure, Stetson panicked through the interception. So if you can lock down his go-to guy, whether it's Bowers or McConkey, take that out of it, get some pressure on him, you can force a few. Again, I'm saying that against a guy who has been nothing but the biggest in the best moments. Right. The best in the biggest moments. Sure. So it's hard to do, but I think that's what you have to try. No doubt. And you think about, I mean, Stetson's been great, no doubt. But the the wideouts, I think, are very underappreciated. Like yeah. you referenced, they weren't the same offense back in the no. back in the middle of the season. But now that A.D. Mitchell's getting back, you, you wonder just how good McConkey is at this point. Yeah. But either way, his presence is felt. Uh, you know that, that Bowers is, is going to be a problem. Uh, if, for whatever reason, Darnell Washington can't go, knowing that he's nursing that ankle yeah. injury and Oscar Delpets has to fill in, what, what does that mean for their, for their passing game and their, and their rock, uh, blocking game as well? I, I think that's one of the bigger storylines of this game because, look, Georgia has the second most snaps in 12 personnel in the entire country. That's their identity, right, both passing the football and running the ball. Oscar Delp is – the exact opposite of the body type that Darnell Washington right. is. You got 6'7", 280, you got 6'4", 225. Right. It, the skill set's a little different, right? And also, I was looking back at his playing time. He's only had seven snaps the entire year when they're either trailing or it's a one-touchdown game. Yeah. So he's had a lot of cleanup, and he's, you know, he's going to know what to do when he goes in, but knowing what to do and doing it in the biggest moments in adversity is different. Um, I do love the fact that A.D. Mitchell looks healthy. He looks like he can make an impact. And I love, actually, when you watch the tape on AD, there was a play late in the game where he was supposed to be on look like a deep out route. Yeah. He ends up running the protection release fade against a coverage that he maybe saw wrong. And Stetson goes, what do you – oh, he threw it outside. Right. AD went upfield. But what do he do two drives later? He trusted him, anticipated the corner route throw where AD made a great move at the top of that route, got open. So Stetson is – For the game tr- winner. Yeah, for the game yeah. winner. So Stetson had just saw him run the wrong route. And then their next opportunity, the red zone comes back to him and trusts him to make that break, to come out of that route, that corner route, at the right angle, at the right time, throws that touchdown. So Stetson's got faith in him. He's a big target. He's an athletic target. So the pieces are going to be a little different, I think, around Stetson. Yeah. But he's shown that he can fight through ad- adversity, and then I don't think it's going to be that much of a impact. On the other side with Max and, and with that offense, I, I feel like the offensive line is, is very much underappreciated. Yeah. Big dudes. They're it's really good. They're really there, yeah. good up front. I, like, I, I don't think anyone talks about them, but I yeah. think they do a, a very solid job. Uh, however, I don't think they've seen anyone quite like who they're going to see. And I'm not talking about necessarily just Jalen Carter. I'm right. talking about Nazir Stackhouse. I'm talking about Chaz Chambliss, if he's, a, if he's at 100%, if he can go. I know they're without Nolan Smith. I, I, we know Jalen Carter's a freak show. But, you know, do you think that that Georgia defensive line is ultimately who wins and loses the game? I think it's a big part of it. But I will say, Ohio State was able to take them out of the game in a way, right? They still had an impact, and Jalen should have had a couple sacks and and had pressure on Stroud and didn't make it. But what I loved about Ohio State's attack and how they kind of took that group out of the game was they changed the launch point a ton. A bunch. Those half rollouts, and I went back and tracked that. They did it five times. Four times they hit chunk pass plays of 24 yards or more. Yeah. And the other time a little scramble. So five times they said, okay, we're not going to just drop back and let – 
Jalen Carter and Stackhouse know exactly where the quarterback's going to line up. We're going to move the pocket a little bit. They hit a bunch of chunk plays. And TCU as an offense, you know this, there's two types of offenses. There's the ones that they are who they are. And week to week, you may see a little formation variation, um, but not a ton of concept changes. Sure. TCU is one of those game plan type offenses. Right. They're going to see what worked well, and they're going to put it in. So I expect to see a lot of Max Duggan changing launch point, moving the pocket, getting away from those guys as much as possible. Otherwise, you're right. If you just drop back against this team, and if TCU finds themselves at a deficit, and they just say, okay, we're going to have to drop back and take shots, you don't want to live there. Yeah. Because Jalen Carter's going to eat you alive. Stackhouse, like you said, is wildly underrated because of who he lines up next to. I agree. He's yeah. a big dude that is athletic as well. They're going to push the pocket. They're going to force turnovers. They're going to force sacks. So that's where TCU has to live. They have to watch what Ohio State did well and go, okay, we can do a little bit of that because Duggan can outside the pocket. He can push it downfield. So if not, it's going to be a long night. Finally, uh, just kind of thinking about what your approach would be if you were Sonny Dykes and, and the offensive brain trust and, and Gary Riley. Beyond that of moving the pocket, over routes, very significant. Um, the tempo aspect of it. I, I get the sense that against Georgia you want to tempo, but ultimately you'd probably know that that's not in your best interest. Right. So like, how would you handle tempo if you were Garrett Riley and Sonny Dykes? I would pick and choose, right? I mean, you have to be very smart about when you, when you tempo against Georgia, you want it to be when they have their bigs on the field, right? Because they will, they will personnel change a lot based on down and distance right. and who they want in on third down to rush the quarterback. So you get a big or even a minimal gain on second down, and you have a third and medium, third and long coming up, that might be actually a time that you would tempo. Whereas in a lot of other games, you go, oh, okay, let's get a good third down call. <laughs> right. Let's make sure our protection's yeah. right. But I don't want them to bring in their pass rushers. I don't sure. want them to dial up a blitz or a pressure or whatever they're going to do. So you're right. You don't want to just pedal to the metal against Georgia because – it you could, go three and out, you're dead. You go three and out, you're dead. It's going to be a long night, right? You don't want that. So right. you, you pick and choose when you do tempo. I think in the red zone is going to be really important because I do think Duggan's ability to run in the red zone is one of the most important aspects of this game. They have to be able to do that. If you can hide some of those quarterback runs, tempo some of those quarterback runs, I think that could be an advantage. Quarterback runs got to be big in the Huge. red zone. has to be. And for, for everybody. By the way, Stetson might run in the – he had QB sweep. He always does, dude. He's he always, always got one or two a game where it's like <laughs> – Oh, yeah, you're athletic. I forgot I mean, that you I can forgot. run. That's yeah, right. Totally. Awesome stuff, dude. Yeah, Great appreciate. stuff. As always, great year, and we appreciate you being on with Joey Galloway here from ESPN. You'll have to excuse the voice of God in the background. I'm not sure who's on the PA, but either way, we got action. Joey, what's up, dude? Not much. How do we feel about the game? Um, I'm happy it's here. <laughs> happy for the off season? Is that what you're telling I'm me? I'm looking forward to golf season. It, That's what I'm looking forward it's to. It's always golf yeah, season. Absolutely. It is. Always college football, always golf season. All right, TCU. We talked to Jordan Rogers already about Georgia. But TCU, you played wide receiver. What do you see in this wide receiver core that could give Georgia some fits, kind of the way they struggled a little bit against Ohio State? Um, Johnston is a beast. And you have to try to take him away. Who does he remind you of? Um, I hate to play that game because, like, he hasn't done that on that level right. yet. You know what I mean? And, like, so when we, were, when we compare college guys to pro guys, pro guys are doing it at a level that nobody's gotten to yet right. until you get there. But uh, he, he's a big receiver, uh, tall, can run, playmaker, uh, and the go-to guy. And so when you have a go-to guy as a quarterback, when you know uh, third down, man-to-man -man coverage, you have a playmaker to go to, it makes it so much easier for your quarterback to find that playmaker and say, I know this guy is going to make a play for me. What about, uh, he, he kind of like, when we, I know you say you don't want to compare, but he reminds me a little bit, 
He's not 6'7", but he's got some Plaxico in him with his length. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't ever look like he's running real fast, but he's always, no one's catching him. Yeah. He's a galloper. I don't know. I think he's a good player, obviously. But what about the other guys? Is there anyone else beyond him that would concern you if you're Georgia? Well, I, I think that uh, if you're Georgia, you would like to make the other guys make plays. If sure. you looked at the Michigan game, uh, the next receiver had 34 yards. You know what I mean? And so when you, when you go into games like this, and if you're Georgia, as talented as Georgia is, uh, you would think that Georgia would be able to take away Johnston and make them go somewhere else. Right. But no one else would be able to do it, so we'll see. What about when you look at their defensive backs? Obviously, one of the strengths of their group is the secondary. Great safeties, great linebackers, great corners. But when you look at their corners specifically, how would you – I mean, I guess if you're one of those wide receivers, like you'd burn everybody. I know you believe yeah. that. But, but what makes Hodges Tomlinson so good? What does he do well? I, I think with corners – defensive backs it always starts with confidence yeah uh, their, their their mindsets in games uh, their ability to forget the last play get back up and go do it again a lot of people like to say the defensive backs are the best athletes on the field I like to say that's the receivers <laughs> but then since the receivers are the best athletes the defensive backs have to cover those guys um, and then it comes down to ball skills and, and your ball skills allow you to have that confidence that when the ball's in the air right. I'm gonna go make a play what about how is the receiver position, and I know this is kind of a, a factor naturally in the game, but more in like a bigger picture. I feel like receiver, not don't take this personal. I'm going to take this personal. Don't take it personal. I I know, like it's I not am. intended to insult. Uh, I'm but feeling insulted. You haven't even asked a question I'm, yet. Well, good. I'm glad that you're feeling triggered. Yeah. Uh, I feel like receiver at one point was kind of like a dime a dozen, but now it used to be like quarterbacks and defensive line won championships. Now I think in the last three or four years, I feel like receivers win championships. I mean, we've seen plenty of examples of this being like, if you, can, hey, if you can't cover that guy, they win. Like, it's, yeah. it's changed a lot. So why do you think that is? They changed the rules, first off. <laughs> uh, you can't touch them. Right. You have five yards to contact them. Uh, you can't hit them. So there's, there's no fear factor. You know what I mean? Like, there, there used to be these big, hard-hitting safeties that played football. Right. You don't need those guys anymore. You need guys that can cover, guys that can run. Uh, they have to tackle in certain ways uh, to not take shots at right. receivers. So I think a big part of it is because the rules have changed in the favor of the receivers, and then these receivers are like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, now. Right. And it is allowed for quarterbacks to not have to be as accurate with footballs. Throw it up there, let my playmaker just go make a play. Yeah, it feels like time and time again now, though. I mean, teams with the best weapons win championships now, and it's wild because it didn't used to be Why don't you have a tie, though? I'm going to put one on in a minute. Uh, oh. But I, why don't you tuck your shirt now, in? I thought we were doing TV. Maybe we're not. Well, why don't you tuck your shirt because in? Because the camera angle is supposed to be when you tuck your shirt in. up. Here, so, so you like a tight shot. So whoever's watching this only sees this, and they assume that I'm dressed up. They know, and I don't feel like this is a professional thing going on when you don't have a title. Well, well that's fine. If you don't, if you think that my professionalism is in question, Definitely I can question. live with that. It's because that's the pot meeting the kettle. Because I look me, up to you. I'm glad that you. When do. I was a young man in high school watching you play <laughs> at Alabama. Just because I look older than you doesn't mean I am older than you. You're a dinosaur. I mean, I mean dude, when I was in high school, I was like, man, I want to be like Greg McElroy when you know, I grow up. I'm glad. I'm glad. You had good role models yeah, then. I if did. that's the case, you had great role models. Joey, great stuff, buddy. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, man. Let's Talk About It is presented by AT&T 5G. Every college football season, Goodyear knows the importance of winning on the road. 
The road will always demand confidence, the confidence to handle whatever the journey brings and to perform under tough conditions. And just like the players and the fans of college football, Goodyear is ready. Are you ready for the road? Visit Goodyear.com to find the right Goodyear tires for whatever road you're on this season. Goodyear, more driven. This episode is brought to you by AT&T, official sponsor of the college football playoff. Is checking your team stats at 2 a.m., watching highlights while eating with buddies, or catching the game during a wedding all too much? Nope, because too much college football is never too much. And AT&T 5G keeps you connected all season long. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Hey, great visit with the guys. Really appreciate them carving out some time as we lead up to the national championship that'll kick off just a couple hours from now. But favorite national championship memories. All right, mine naturally comes in 2009. We played against the Texas Longhorns, and I'll never forget, I remember the whole week felt very normal. I mean, it was one of those situations because we were so removed from where we were playing the game. We played the game in the Rose Bowl. We were so removed, and we spent so much time practicing and leading up but we were down in Orange County we were on the other side of the world for the most part in leading up to the game and the night before the game we actually traveled up to Pasadena that was the only night that we spent within a stone's throw of the stadium so we're sitting there in Orange County felt very normal the whole week felt very similar to what we had leading up to a normal game but the night before I'm sitting there in my hotel room nearly having a panic attack thinking about what could happen the day that's coming up we're sitting there, we're talking about it. My roommate at the time was a guy by the name of Thomas Dara. Thomas Dara, good dude, asked way too many questions. What do you think? How do you think it's gonna go? What, are you excited? Are you nervous? Thomas, stop talking to me. Like, I don't wanna talk about the game. I just wanna sit here, enjoy some peace and solitude as we lead up to one of the biggest days of my life. This was a Thursday too, so now with the game being on a Monday, you could remove yourself by watching NFL on Sunday leading up to the game. But unfortunately, we played back in the Stone Age and it was on a Thursday, so we had nothing on television on Wednesday night. We sat and we watched King of Queens. That helped relax us just a little bit. And next morning, of course, being a guy that's in the central time zone, wake up on the West Coast, I'm sitting there, I wake up at 4.30 a.m. and I cannot fall back asleep. I decide to go and just look out at the sunrise. It wasn't even close to sunrise at that point. But as the sun started to come up, looking over the game plan and everything like that, the sun comes up over the San Gabriel Mountains. I started to think to myself, it's like, this is unbelievable. And I took a moment of solitude to just kind of soak that in, knowing that this could be the last time I really am able to reflect on the journey that we had this entire season. So fast forwarding to the game. Everything feels very normal in the pregame warm-up, business as usual. Warm-up feeling good. I have to get a shot. I broke my ninth and 10th rib on my left side, so I had to get a shot in the rib cage. They told me before the game, hey, there's a 10% chance that we puncture your lung. Do you still want the stick? I said, absolutely. <laughs> get the shot. Everything is as planned. And then when you get back to the locker room, everything's very normal. Go back out onto the field for the pregame kick. Unfortunately, what I didn't realize is that we actually had to be on the field for the National Anthem. It was the first time in my life I had been on the field for the National Anthem. Josh Groban and Flea played the National Anthem. Interesting mix, I thought the exact same thing. But that's the first time I really started to feel nerves. 
at that moment, thinking, man, this is pretty cool, and it became bigger in that moment as well. And when we took the field, the firecrackers were going off and everything like that. There was smoke. You could barely even see the Texas Longhorns because they were wearing white jerseys. You could barely see them defensively because there was so much smoke in the air. So I remember that vividly. After the game, I remember feeling such a sense of relief and such a sense at the, at the moment, it felt a little bit like a bit of a disappointment. If I'm going to be completely honest, I was friends with Colt McCoy. I wanted Colt to play. He unfortunately was not able to play. We won the game and ultimately, yes, I was very happy that we won the game, but I was disappointed that we didn't get a chance to take out Texas at their best. And I knew that there would be that lingering question that continues to exist as it relates to the 2009 National Championship game. But that's my story, and I think it's funny because at that moment, there was a sense of relief, but there wasn't a sense of celebration. We were happy that we won, but I also, at the moment, I felt like we did what we were supposed to do. I felt like we accomplished our job. It's only now 12, 13 years removed that it start become a little bit more appreciated because I acknowledge just how hard it is to win this game. So the fact that these two teams have this opportunity coming up tonight is phenomenal. I'm so excited for all the players. I hope that they get to soak it up the way I was able to soak it up and have a moment of reflection leading up to the game because this is a truly, with the exception of what George is doing for the second consecutive year, for most, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. But you've heard my story. Let's hear from some of the others that also have national championship stories of their own. What's your favorite national championship memory? Oh, gosh, that's a good one. I think for me, just growing up a huge college football fan, my favorite one was the Rose Bowl between USC and Texas and the Vince Young game. In my opinion, still to this day, Vince Young put on the greatest individual performance in college football history. With the star power that was in that game with Matt Leinart, Reggie Bush, and then Texas getting that national championship. For me, watching that game it was, was the greatest national championship we've ever had. Favorite national championship memory was 2009. I got a chance to play in this game at Texas, playing Alabama. And there's a picture I'll never forget. We were right on the, down on the 50-yard line of the football field, probably the day before the game or two days before when we walked the stadium. And everyone was taking pictures and videos. And we had all the, you know, I'm Nigerians. So we had all the Nigerian guys on our team come together for this awesome picture. So it was probably 10 or 12 of us on that team, guys like Brian Arakpo, Chris Obanaya, me, my brother, like there was a bunch of guys who had Nigerian roots, and we had all our all had all had our Longhorn outfits on, and we were just standing in the middle of the stadium at the Rose Bowl taking a picture. So that was that was a, a one of the highlights, the memories. Oh, favorite national championship memory would probably be. This gonna be a weird one. It'd actually be in San Francisco when Clemson was kind of the underdog and Trevor Lawrence like put it to Alabama early. And I know I'm an SEC guy, but it was kind of one of those moments you're like, whoa, this dude's gonna be special. So sitting there kind of watch, watching Trevor Lawrence become who he ended up being, I think it was pretty cool. Oh goodness. Um, we're fortunate to have some really good memories. Um, what's the, my favorite? Um, you know what? I would probably say, give some credit to one of my favorite guys, Major Wright, and it was, we started the game, I think it was the third play of the game, and uh, Sam throws it deep for Oklahoma, uh, and Major just crushes this receiver, and our whole bench loses it, and uh, it was kind of like, okay, this, you know, one of the best offense of all time, and, and Sam and their whole team, but it was like, welcome, this thing's going to be a little bit different, and uh, that, that was pretty cool memory. I gotta be honest with you, it was the um, the first national championship in 2006 after we won the game 
getting home, we kind of went out and had a good time afterward, partied, had a great night, got back to the hotel, and USA Today was sitting on the mat in front of, back when you had newspapers, I guess, was sitting on the mat in front of the hotel room with national champs on the front of it. And I thought that was, that's kind of a fun, really cool deal that before, by the time we got back to the hotel, we already had a paper with our, our picture on the cover as national champs. When um, Michigan beat Washington State with Troy, with um, Charles Woodson in the Rose Bowl, it's my favorite one. Vince Young, I think, coming back against USC in 2005. Oh, man, I have so many. I've been blessed to cover so many national championships. Um, you know, something that really stands out to me was, was my current partner winning a national championship and being out here in Southern California when it was Alabama against Texas. Uh, that was just a clash of the titans. And when I reflect on it now, and Greg's become such a big part of my life and like extended family, uh, it, it's very, very special to know that that was such a high point in his football career. So I look back at that very fondly. Um, I also look back to um, uh, Florida State and Auburn. Jesse Palmer and I, I think we were on air uh, all day from 7 in the morning onward. And that was a very fun day of uh, getting off the air and then and then scooting out of the Rose Bowl, believe it or not, and going and watching the game with Jesse, just the two of us, off of TV, having spent the whole week together anchoring and breaking that game down every which way. You know, it's, it's often the people and the close relationships you have that make national championships very special. But those would be two that stand out to me. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, really appreciate everybody stopping by. Appreciate all the different stories, some awesome ones in there as well. We really appreciate you, of course. The listeners, the consumers of Always College Football. It's been an incredible football season. Let's enjoy it tonight. Soak it up. Hopefully it will be a terrific game. My final pick in the game, I'm taking the Georgia Bulldogs. I think they win the game by two touchdowns. That's an actual pick. I'm not necessarily, it's not like a flirt. I think Georgia wins the game 38-24 in what I think will be a pretty captivating game and one that could potentially go the distance. So that's my pick. If I'm wrong, hold me to it and call me out. I'm certainly willing to eat some crow because it'd be a phenomenal story if the TCU Horned Frogs can ultimately pull this thing off. But that'll do it for us here at Always College Football. We have an incredible crew out here in California. We're so incredibly grateful to all the sacrifices and all the work that these guys have done the last couple days and all the fun they've had at the same time. I'm glad they did it when they were off the clock, so that's a win as well. We'll be back for more. We'll wrap up the game from this concourse a few hours from now when this game's kicked and when this game's over, we'll put a bow on the 2022 season right here in SoFi in Inglewood, California. But for all of us here at Always College Football, 
Always College Football is presented by AT&T 5G. Too much college football is never too much with AT&T 5G.